Good evening. Good evening. Thank you for joining us this evening. We're going to begin by singing a hymn as we prepare for the Lord's table. Alas, and did my Savior bleed? Let's stand as we follow the words on the screen. Alas, and did my Savior bleed? And did my sovereign die? testimonies and uh, baptism time. Those are great encouragements to all the folks who are here from around the country. It's, uh, it's not often people have the opportunity to hear baptism testimonies. I want you to know that. They're very, very, very few and far between in a lot of places. And when you get a chance to hear them, it's exciting. So it's a lot of a lot of tear-filled eyes from our guests from arch churches across the country. So I'm sure they'll take that encouragement back to them, back with them uh, to their churches that need that encouragement. Right, let's take a moment here to prepare our hearts uh, for the Lord's Supper. And um, I know our pianist. 
uh, is able to come back and play some hymns of meditation. Ben, um, he played that so well, didn't he? We made him. We may need him to distribute elements. I don't know. Uh, we'll see. We'll see what elders come. Uh, can you do? Can, are you that gifted? Can you? We'll manage. We'll manage. It would make it really easy if everyone on the outside rows would move to the inside. That would be a blessing. So why don't you all come on in here and so Ben can play for us tonight as we meditate. Yeah, we would just need three fellas. Um, that would be good. So as Ben plays, uh, let's prepare our hearts for the Lord's Supper. We'll remember as we partake and then... Matt Albright, one of our deacons, is going to lead us in our Bible discussion tonight uh, as the elders meet, okay? While the elements are being distributed, I'd like to focus on the comparison of the Old and New Covenants tonight in the book of Hebrews. So, uh, Jeff Ashdown, if you would, when we're distributing uh, the bread, I'll bring the microphone to you. You don't have to move. Hebrews chapter 8, if you'd look at that, read that as one of our deacons, and um, less if you would read the following chapter, Hebrews chapter 9, when we're distributing the cup, all right? And let's allow the Holy Spirit to bless our hearts and encourage our hearts as we take joy in being part of something more excellent in the new covenant. So let's pray together and prepare our hearts, and then we'll partake together. Turn thanks for the symbol of our Lord's broken body. Our Father, we're indeed thankful tonight as we gather, as we remember the tremendous sacrifice that was paid once and for all is a historical reality. Our Savior's body was broken, it was beaten, he died for us. The once for all sacrifice, but he is living and he is seated as a priest. He is no longer standing, no longer trying to mediate between you and us and to, to atone for our sin 
His priestly work because of his broken body is completed. And as high priest, he can sit down at your right hand and he stays there until he will come again. And we look forward to that time. And so we pray that you would today and this hour help us to remember the tremendous price that was paid. The cost that cannot go away, the cost that cannot be erased, the price that we cling to, that our hope is found in, the payment once for all in our Lord Jesus Christ. Help us to live worthy of that payment and of his sacrifice. And it's in his name we pray. Amen. Hebrews chapter, Hebrews chapter 8, we'll turn the mic on. Hebrews chapter 8, as Jeff reads for us. Hebrews chapter 8. Now the main point in what has been said is this. We have such a high priest who has taken his seat at the right hand of the throne of the majesty in the heavens a minister in the sanctuary and in the true tabernacle, which the Lord pitched, not man. For every high priest is appointed to offer both gifts and sacrifices. So it is necessary that this high priest also have something to offer. Now if he were on earth, he would not be a priest at all, since there are those who offer the gifts according to the law, who serve a copy and shadow of the heavenly things, just as Moses was warned by God when he was about to erect the tabernacle. For see, he says, that you make all things according to the pattern which was shown you on the mountain. But now he has obtained a more excellent ministry by as much as he is also the mediator of a better covenant, which has been enacted on better promises. For if that first covenant had been faultless, there would have been no occasion sought for a second. For finding fault with them, he says, Behold, days are coming, says the Lord, when I will effect a new covenant with the house of Israel and with the house of Judah. Not like the covenant which I made with their fathers on the day when I took them by the hand to lead them out of the land of Egypt. For they did not continue in my covenant, and I did not care for them, says the Lord. For this is the covenant that I will make with the house of Israel after those days, saying, The Lord, I will put my laws into their minds, and I will write them on their hearts. And I will be, and I will be their God, and they shall be my people. And they shall not teach everyone his fellow citizen, and everyone his brother, saying, Know the Lord, for all will know me, from the least to the greatest of them. For I will be merciful to their iniquities, and I will remember their sins no more. When he said, A new covenant, he has made the first obsolete. But whatever is becoming obsolete and growing old 
is ready to disappear. First Corinthians chapter 11, as our tradition here is to read, to remember, Paul says, For I received from the Lord that which I also delivered to you, that the Lord Jesus, in the night which he was betrayed, took bread. When he had given thanks, he broke it and said, This is my body, which is for you. Do this in remembrance of me. Mr. Hart, would you stand and return thanks for the symbol of our Lord's violent death? A cup. Dear Lord, we are so grateful and loving. We are so grateful that you love us so much that you would die for us, that you, you would shed your precious blood so that we could be restored in a relationship to you that will last for eternity. And so Lord, as we remember this, we ask you to just help us to uh, just be filled with the gratitude and just a, a greater understanding of what it cost you and your tremendous love for us. We thank you in Jesus' precious name. Hebrews chapter 9. Let's read that for us. Now, even the first covenant had regulations of divine worship in the earthly sanctuary. For there was a tabernacle prepared, the outer one, in which were the lampstand and the table and the sacred bread. This is called the holy place. Behind the second veil, there was the tabernacle, which is called the Holy of Holies, having a golden altar of incense and the Ark of the Covenant covered on all sides with gold, in which was the golden jar holding the manna and Aaron's rod which budded and the table of the covenant. And it, above were the cherubim of glory overshadowing the mercy seat. But of these things we cannot now speak in detail. Now when these things have been so prepared, the priests are continually entering the outer tabernacle, performing the divine worship. But into the second, only the high priest enters once a year, not without taking blood, which he offers for himself and for the sins of the people committed in ignorance. The Holy Spirit is signifying this, that the way into the holy place has not yet been disclosed while the older tabernacle outer tabernacle is still standing, which is a symbol for the present time. Accordingly, both gifts and sacrifices are offered 
which cannot make the worshiper perfect in conscience since they relate only to food and drink and various washings, regulations for the body imposed until a time of reformation. But when Christ appeared as a high priest of the good things to come, he entered through the greater and more perfect tabernacle, made not, not made with hands, that is to say, not of this creation, and not through the blood of goats and calves, but through his own blood, he entered the holy place once for all, having obtained eternal redemption. For if the blood of goats and bulls and the ashes of a heifer sprinkled those who had been defiled, sanctified for the cleansing of the flesh, how much more will the blood of Christ, who through the eternal spirit offered himself without blemish to God, cleanse your conscience from the dead works to serve the living God. For this reason, he is a mediator of the new covenant, so that since a death has taken place for the redemption of the transgressions that were committed under the first covenant, those who have been called may receive the promise of eternal inheritance. For where a covenant is, there must of necessity be the death of the one who made it. For the covenant is valid only when men are dead for it is never in force while the one who made it lives. Therefore, even the first covenant was not inaugurated without blood. For when every commandment had been spoken by Moses to all of the people according to the law, he took the blood of calves and of the goats with water and scarlet wool and hyssop and sprinkled them both the book itself and all the people, saying, this is the blood of the covenant which God commanded you. And in the same way, he sprinkled both the tabernacle and all the vessels of the ministry with blood. And according to the law, one may almost say all things were cleansed with blood, and without the shedding of the blood, there is no forgiveness. Therefore, it is necessary for the copies of the things in the heavens to be cleansed with these, but the heavenly things themselves with better fat sacrifices than these. For Christ did not enter a holy place made with hands, a mere copy of the true one, but into heaven itself, now to appear in the presence of God for us. Nor was it that he would offer himself often as the high priest enters the holy place year by year with blood that is not his own. Otherwise, he would have needed to suffer often since the foundation of the world. But now once, at the consummation of all the ages, has he been manifested to put away sin by the sacrifice of himself. And inasmuch as it is appointed for men to die once, and after this comes judgment, so Christ also, having been offered once to bear the sins of many, will appear for a second time for salvation without reference to sin to those who eagerly await him. First Corinthians chapter 11. In the same way he took the cup also after supper, saying... This cup is the new covenant in my blood. Do this as often as you drink it in remembrance of me. For as often as you eat this bread and drink this cup, 
you proclaim the Lord's death until he comes. Thank you, Lord, for inspiring and preserving for us the text of Scripture that was read this evening. We thank you, Lord, for the complete and final, the, the terminal way in which Christ's death finished your plan, your redemption plan for all of mankind. We thank you, Lord, for that personally. We thank you, Lord, for that as a church family. That this, this matter of our sin separating us from you has been abolished. It's been forever removed. We are complete in him, your son. We thank you for that. We thank you for that sacred, precious death, which was necessary, the atonement of our sin. And we are forever grateful as we remember and for what we're able to enjoy in this dispensation of the church age, the fullness of the reality of the work of the person and work of Jesus Christ. In his name we pray. Amen. Let's sing those two verses again. Ben, Pastor Mike, if you're in the room, you can come on up and lead us. Um, or I can lead us. And uh, those two verses of the hymn we begin with. And then we'll go on with our Bible discussion tonight, led by Matt Albright. And elders will be dismissed for our time together. Right. Let's stand once again and sing.
be seated.